and welcome to the edition podcast. It's been a slightly bonkers couple of weeks for TikTok. You may have noticed that the app is somewhat on trial. It's in the news in the UK, it's in the news in the US, it seems to be being banned everywhere with any public influence. But should it be? What's prompted all this? There's only one man I can ask these questions to. No, it's not TikTok CEO. It's Chris Stoker Walker. How are you, Chris? I'm, I'm tired, Charlotte. I'm very, very tired, but I'm okay. Chris has been broken by the amount of TikTok coverage he's had to do. I, I do this to him because you've been on a few times and normally when TikTok is in the news because you wrote the book literally on TikTok. And so I always get a very tired, slightly broken Chris Stoker walk <laughs> on the show. But I think my listeners appreciate that. Excuse you know, me. I did Times Radio. I did Times Radio yesterday, and um, I did it with Fee Glover and Jane. I can't remember her name. Jane Listen Garvey. Name. Come on. Jane Garvey. Sorry, I don't. I'm not the target you audience. Listen, you didn't listen to Women's Hour. You described. I didn't. I know terribly. Um, and and I just basically I broke. I basically just said that it was awful and terrible, and uh, they kind of like sort. Oh, okay. <laughs> this, okay. This is interesting. So it was very very unprofessional radio, but it was fine. Well, we'll be finding that clip of Chris crying on air. Uh, before you do that again, I'm sorry to do this, but let's go back to the beginning. Oh. This all started when Congress in the US and the Biden administration as well, correct me at any point that I'm wrong and have misunderstood yeah. anything, basically said TikTok, everyone's favorite short video app, is no longer allowed on government devices. Have I understood that right? Yeah, that is correct. And their reason for this was? Good question. No idea. Um, this is the thing. We don't know. And, and this is kind of the, the, the problem. Um, yeah, they, they say national security risk. Lots of people have said national security risk. Nobody has actually explained what the national security risk is. And look, I'm not naive. Uh, and I know that you know they're not going to say, well, it's this line in the source code sure. here where China is doing this and they're doing that. So because... let's go even further back to the beginning. Mm. Uh, this national security risk or the claim national security risk comes because ByteDance, which is the parent company of TikTok, was founded by Chinese people on mainland China and is still owned. It's about 20%, isn't it, that they own? those yeah. founders of the company now and there is a fear as i understand it that user data is going back to china and therefore can be requested by the chinese government because yeah, they're if all you're spies right chris please don't set either the chinese state or anti-racism campaigners against me i can't deal with it <laughs> um, of course the entirety of China is not spies. And there is a bit of no. a red scare element to this, which we will discuss. Um, but there's also no zero. It's not zero that Chinese companies do have to answer to the Chinese state. And that yeah. can make, can pose security risks. Now, TikTok, we should say very clearly before we continue this conversation, absolutely denies that any data goes back to mainland China. Correct. Yeah, they say no user data goes to China. Um, they've never been asked to hand over data to China. They say if they were asked, they would decline to do so. The, recording this on Friday the 24th of March, uh, as of this morning, the, the Chinese state has come out and said they've never asked TikTok for any data, uh, which I think is interesting. Yes, that is very interesting. 
And that brings us back to these bans. So despite TikTok's denials, the first thing that went was uh, US government devices. I don't think the government never stipulated if you work, you know, if you're a staffer in Washington, D.C. and you have your personal phone, that you couldn't use the device on that, the app on that. But it was banned on government devices. The Hmm. UK, uh, by the Chancellor Duchy of Lancaster, Oliver Dowden, followed suit not so long after, and a couple of other countries had gone before and banned again on any government device. Whitehall staffers are not compelled to remove it from their personal devices. And there is a loophole that some departments who use uh, TikTok for communication can still use TikTok for communication. Yes, which is blows a hole in the whole thing. But it, we'll get beyond that. It would seem to. Yeah. Um, so we've got all of this going on. And then, as you said, we're recording this on Friday, the 24th of March. On Thursday, the 23rd of March, TikTok CEO appeared in front of Congress. Hmm. Explain to that us in as succinctly as you can <laughs> how that went, Chris. Um, a bunch of uh, Congress people did something that we see a lot in the UK Parliament as well, which is they uh, recorded really powerful rants for social media that will play incredibly well on social media and play incredibly well on Fox News or MSNBC uh, that evening, uh, while basically... (laughs) Uh, not even attempting to ask any sorts of meaningful questions of TikTok CEO. And when they did ask, they asked really complicated questions and then said, please explain to me yes or no, which is kind of like saying, please explain to me how the Second World War started, but only say yes or no. Right. So this is Zhao Zichu. I hope I Mm. pronounced that right. He's the CEO. He is Singaporean born, has studied in America. And uh, so you'd mentioned... Fox News may be liking some of the clips of the politicians. Uh, social media is really liking the clips of Chu uh, in his responses. I've seen an amazing one that The Verge put out, and it was one of the one of the politicians whose name I don't remember asking the TikTok CEO, "Does TikTok connect to the home Wi-Fi yeah. network?" Oh, God. Yeah. To which this obviously highly intelligent tech CEO looked and said yes if the device is connected to the home wi-fi yeah because obviously if your phone is on the wi-fi <laughs> all it's the apps the are running through wi-fi yeah. um i think he thought it was a gotcha question that it was extracting people's data but like obviously anyway the, uh, my impression having seen some clips of it is that this was a bit of a theme where the politicians thought they were getting uh you know asking a gotcha question mm. but really they were the ones that ended up not looking particularly intelligent yeah which is not an unusual thing for well, tech hearings we, we do we see do, this a lot we but... do see this a lot we've seen it with mark zuckerberg in the u.s the politicians didn't exactly uh cover themselves in glory there we've seen it in the uk although i thought the uk politicians did do a bit better yeah and the meta didn't do themselves any favours by not sending in Mark Zuckerberg to that. Yeah. That's yeah. a different conversation, but it just looked a bit of a mess yesterday. But it makes me return to my 
original question and you tweeted this and it i put it into a pot into a uh, newsletter when i wrote about this uh, a couple of weeks ago by the time you're listening what has changed we all like we have known for a long time people could have read your book and found out that tiktok came from was owned by a parent company called bite dance which has a chinese version of the app we call tiktok and this app called TikTok that's used in the Western world and is hugely popular, 150 million users or something. Um, so including me and I assume including you. Yeah. I really enjoy TikTok. I've started posting little bits of content on there. I enjoy it. I'm going to be completely open about it during this conversation. But we've always known this about China, we, the connections to China. We have always, in fact, I don't really want to sound like I'm just defending TikTok, but they would put the case that they have made huge moves to moving where data is stored to Singapore, to the US. They are building stuff in the in Europe. And this is the thing. Both of us are, I think, fair to say, kind of tech skeptic tech reporters. We we think that the people involved are often quite damaging. I personally sometimes think that some of them are shitheads. Um, and certainly they're worth holding to account very significantly yeah exactly and and so you know and, and this is you know a point that i made in, in a buzzfeed story that went up it's kind of like in a weird opinion piece because i got dragged into this like madness when a representative of one of the politicians on the committee got in touch and asked me to hand over uh, some documents that I'd, I'd obtained through a source within tiktok and of course you can imagine how that conversation went sorry when sorry someone... Can we just pause yeah. and deal with that? Yeah. A, a politician, an American politician. A, a, a staff member working for the committee. Asks you to reveal a source. Yeah. Right. We're just like, hello, hello. You might have seen that we are, the email literally was, hello, you might have seen that we are uh, getting TikTok CEO to testify in front of us uh, next week in Congress. Um, we have been doing lots of, discussions with experts i'm going to use the word experts here in inverted commas uh because you know lots of the stuff that they relied on was just abject um uh and lots of those experts have brought up a story that you wrote for gizmodo um which was uh i had obtained a leaked playbook for yes. tiktok's prs I saying downplay the, the china connection um could you give it to us no <laughs> And let's be clear for people who don't understand. I mean, I'm sure my listeners who do understand are engaged enough in journalism to know this, but let's be explicitly clear. 101 of journalism is you don't give up your sources. No, and because it, you know, the whole the whole point of journalism is that in order for us to uh, get the stories that end up with tech companies' eggs on faces, we need to have people within the companies themselves. And so, you know, uh, I have a quite a lot of people within TikTok, both past and present and ByteDance, who will talk to me about these things and who will give me documents that I'm not meant to have and who will tell me about features that I'm not meant to have and, and who, you know, in theory would be able to tell me if they knew about the links to China that we think are happening. But the reason that I can get those things from them is because there is a a very, very clear element of trust here where if TikTok says how did you get this? I say, not telling you. If a court says, how do you get this? I say, not telling you. If Congress says, how did you get this? You say, not telling you. 
I'm not sure you do that well in prison, mate, if I'm honest. No, I know. The hair wouldn't work, but, yeah, you know. You'd be in trouble pretty quickly. Um, so we're still struggling to find out what has changed because ever since TikTok arrived on Western shores, we've known that it came from a Chinese firm. Um, and again, I am comfortable with the idea that we should ask questions about this because we do know that Chinese-based firms have to answer to the Chinese authorities. Uh, I have no question with people continuing to monitor this, continuing to ask questions about it. And, you know, I find it... I, I, I am a bit cynical and I find it hard to believe that it is implausible that TikTok would hand over uni user data to the Chinese state. I, I find that implausible. Um, they can, and they, as you mentioned, continue to insist that has not happened and will never happen. Um, but equally, I find the escalation of this bizarre. And I do think there is a red scare element to it of the nasty communist country is trying to infect our children and steal all our data. Um, and I'm uncomfortable with that too. Mm, I agree. And I think, I think, um, it's also important possibly to kind of unpick, you know, we've unpicked the, the element of you can be suspicious of TikTok and want to hold TikTok to account while also saying that some of the questions being asked in the way they're being asked and the, the idea of kind of, you know, damning without evidence is, is dumb. But there's also another element, which is, and, you know, a surprisingly high number of people don't get this. You can simultaneously hold that position of steady now, we shouldn't be, you know, damning someone or a company without any evidence of this, while simultaneously also saying that the country where it's from is reprehensible. And yeah, we, there's kind of, you know, there, there seems to be this really binary approach where you either like TikTok or you hate TikTok. If you like TikTok, then you you are you know, up all for human rights and you're all for good stuff. If you, um, sorry, opposite, if you hate TikTok, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you're all for human rights. You've had a good stuff. Break. Yeah. If you, if you, if you like TikTok, then you believe that, you know, Uyghur Muslims ought to be killed. Um, I don't. And I think that's right. terrible. But um, you, you, there is this perfectly plausible to uh, hold accountable and have huge concerns about the Chinese state's human rights violations, but also enjoy TikTok. Uh, I like that is okay. Mm. But it's not. It's not a. It's a. It's a. It's a thing that. Uh, with people who ask like does tiktok connect to my wi-fi network or the the congresswoman there were two lowlights in, in the hearing particularly that were mm -hmm. kind of like where i actively felt i was getting dumber by listening to it um that that one was one of them the, the wi-fi question the other one was there was a um uh there was a congresswoman who i can't remember where she was from she might have been from kentucky or something like that and she was asking a series of questions about tiktok's algorithm while simultaneously being literally unable to pronounce the word algorithm. Um, and, and, and there were multiple questions where she stumbled over the word, word algorithm and, and just yeah. couldn't say it. I, I don't like to tease people for kind of speech defects and stuff, but you thought you'd try and be... Yeah, it was. It wasn't a speech defect. I don't think she was perfectly. You know, and it, it wasn't. You know, it was. It was. She 
it, it was kind of emblematic of the fact that people were reading off bits of paper. Some of them actually not even successfully reading off bits of paper mm-hmm. um, at, a, at a time when like they need to know what the meaning of the questions that they're asking are. And they just didn't. And I think it's, it, it's really worrying that we have regulators and legislators who don't understand this stuff and who aren't really making an attempt to understand it. And that's kind of an issue. I mean, we could have a whole podcast just Mm. talk about why politicians need to be more tech savvy. But first, our sponsor, Collide, has some big news. If you're an Okta user, they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How? If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero trust architecture, device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Unsecured devices are logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Visit collide.com slash the edition to learn more or book a demo. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash the edition. Thank you to Collide for sponsoring the show. I wrote in my piece after quoting your tweets saying perhaps what has prompted the change is that instead of being seen as a silly app where where teenagers do dances, politicians have wisened up to the fact that TikTok is now a crucial communications tool and feel the potential consequences of ByteDance ownership now matter. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think it's it's um, it all becomes more real, right? It's right. it's consequential, and you know, we can't overlook that. There are various elements here. TikTok is is kind of you know, much more consequential. It's it's um, and this is actually interesting. Uh, the internal feeling within TikTok is that um, the hearing was incredibly difficult for them, um, but. Uh, they still feel pretty confident, actually, despite what I think and what every other person seems to think, that there won't be a ban because they believe that legislators will look at the reaction on TikTok and realise that is a constituency of 150 million people and actually they don't want to do this. Yeah, I I want to come on to that. Hmm. Uh, We should also note that the kind of Wall Street reaction to uh, Mr Chu's performance was not positive. Hmm. It, it was not regarded as a success by kind of market analysts at all, and people in the finance sector, as I understand it. Yeah, uh, there was a there's a guy called Dan Ives who works uh, at Wedbush who called it yeah. a disaster testimony day. Uh, it, it, Dan Ives likes making lots of interesting, relevant um, references. So I think he he called it a sort of nightmare on Elm Street and, and things <laughs> like that, which was kind of interesting uh but he thought that it was more likely that to be a ban after this than that's interesting than it was before um before we look to the future i want to just round off this idea of trying to work out what has changed and what has prompted in a relatively short space of time this backlash and number of changes mm. uh I, I want to quote michelle donal and the secretary of state for the new science innovation technology department and she was explaining why it was okay for 
staff to have TikTok on their private devices, not government ones. And she said, because we have the strongest data protection laws in the world, we are confident that the public can, can continue to use TikTok. Can you see a problem between that and it's a national security threat if it's in Whitehall? Yeah, of course I can. Like, it's dumb. It's so, like, what? so what is interesting here is the nobody's being honest on this nobody so so tiktok are kind of you know and, and I, I said i think in my book that tiktok kind of tells little white lies you know that we know that there are these connections to china you know they they've started to get better at this where literally in the last couple of weeks we saw shuji chu saying it in congress we saw uh theo bertram saying it to me after the uk parliament uh the uk government ban remind me last theo, week remind people who theo bertram is theo bertram is the uh, vice president for public policy and government relations across Europe. He's based has, in London and has worked in the British government. We should point out. Yeah, he, he was he was in the Tony Blair government. Uh, I think he might have also been in in the Brown government afterwards. Um, and and they started saying, look, we have Chinese employees. We can't deny that. We used to be based in China. We we can't deny that. This is all stuff that was on the record. They haven't you know, previously gone that far. Really, they they kind of they have told little white lies. The UK government and lots of other governments, in in my opinion, are kind of being disingenuous in the reasons as to why they are are banning TikTok. They're they're saying it's a national security threat. It seems to me like it is a geopolitics thing. It is the fact that you know, um, Xi Jinping is increasingly cozying up to Vladimir Putin. The fact that he literally went to Russia. The fact that he is seemingly supporting Russia in the Ukraine invasion. Um, the the fact that they flew a, a spy balloon over North America two months ago. All of these things add up to this. And it would be helpful, I think, for everybody if those politicians were honest about that in the same way that Indian politicians were honest about it when they banned TikTok in June 2020. Because if you say, I am banning this app from being used in this country because I disagree geopolitically with China and I believe that by banning TikTok, I can almost enact an economic sanction of sort or a censorship uh, of China because we believe that the state has done wrong, then that is fine. Like you because can, at least it's honest. Yeah, you can do that. You know, people can question it, but you can do it because you're you're the government. When you say we're banning this and it's a national security threat, but we won't tell you what it is, and you can't use it on government devices, but you can if you're a government minister in the UK and a, a, a member of the cabinet use it on a phone where you probably also have your government communications. You're talking about, talking about the Transport Secretary, Grant I'm Shaps. talking about Grant Shafts, yeah. Who, who basically, so he's not the Transport Secretary now. Uh, he's also. the Energy Secretary, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Right, um, and just think about the implications of that if you're worried about national security and China. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, you know, <laughs> the idea that, like, you can't use um, TikTok on any device in the UK parliamentary estate because this announcement came in 10 minutes after the TikTok CEO sat down in Congress that said, oh, the UK Parliament has also now banned TikTok from it. 
but but if you're a parliamentary staffer as soon as you step outside of the the wi-fi zone of parliament you can have tiktok on your phone and you can access it like the, the, this is like it's ludicrous you have to delete it and upload it, it reinstall it every time you go on and off the estate okay yeah uh sure that's gonna happen um we should also point out that the bbc yeah in the uk has put a ban on tiktok and people were very unhappy about that um within the bbc yeah yeah uh several people that i've spoken to uh thought it was just ridiculous and um yeah like there are there are carve outs and again this is the hypocrisy of it there are there are carve outs for certain members of staff who for instance have to produce journalism on tiktok who can have that on their devices but you know they would also probably ironically be the people who are most likely to be surveilled by tiktok in the chinese state if this is happening um, like two things before i look to the yeah. future with you uh one i want to read a bit of tiktok statement to me uh, you can mm. read it in the whole the whole thing in the newsletter that i uh I did on TikTok, uh, but a spokesperson told me we are disappointed with the decision. We believe these bans have been been based on fundamental misconceptions and drive and driven by the wider geopolitics in which TikTok and our millions of users in the UK play no part. We are, we remain committed to working with the government to address any concerns, but should be judged on facts and treated equally to our competitors. Um, so that's what they say, um, and. Yeah, so let's. Let, we should also point out though, that there have been instances that TikTok have apologised for of things like tracking journalists. There's been a few incidents which have not been very good, haven't there? Yeah, and when we need to point that out because it's yeah. really, really bad. Um, so you know, uh, yeah, Emily, a, just outline a couple of those examples, please. Yeah. So, um, Emily Baker White, who is a, a reporter for Forbes, um, who previously worked for BuzzFeed, uh, she was in kind of public policy, government relations, um, for other competing tech companies in the past, has been putting out a series of stories over the last year and a half or so um that have been pretty embarrassing for tiktok um we learned earlier this year that uh, uh what tiktok claims are rogue employees of bytedance who've since been sacked um used tiktok to track the contacts of uh, her and a few other reporters, including the Financial Times's Christina Criddle, who's been doing stories on TikTok's uh, internal work culture. They say it's an isolated incident. Um, I mean, you know, you can make of that what you will, uh, but it is very a massive awful. issue. Yeah, it's, yeah, very it's awful. Um, have you been tracked or surveilled by TikTok, or do you think you have? I don't know. I mean, I'm not on that list, so I would imagine not. Uh, haven't asked because I mean they're not going to see anything particularly interesting. I don't. I'm not stupid enough to contact people through TikTok uh, for TikTok stories. Um, but I, you know, I think like, and that's why I think also probably they didn't find anything with you know Christina and Emily and all these people because we know kind of the basics of cybersecurity hygiene. Um, but it, it is terrible. It, it is awful, and it is kind of um a, a sort of unforced own goal but it was it also probably worth pointing out and this was you know the thing that i found interesting about this because of that china connection this always gets ramped up another 10 or 20 percent 
I had uh, this week um, uh, a Facebook security and investigations employee snooping around on my LinkedIn uh, because you can see who looks at your LinkedIn. And I found that really interesting. I was like, hmm, I wonder why that's happening. So like, it, it would be naive for us to imagine that this sort of thing doesn't exist. I think the difference here is that TikTok was kind of using their um, their internal access, as it were, to look at these things, which is, uh, yeah, horrendous. Yeah, really worrying. And again, the type of thing we should keep track of. And it, frankly, I don't care if the parent company of a tech firm is in China, in the US or wherever else. Uh, the kind of data protection and privacy of people using the app really is important. We should, whether you're a journalist or a regular user, we need to keep eyes on that kind of thing. Um, I could keep talking to you the, about this for ages. I wanted to mention uh, the fuss and the row that happened over Huawei and how that was another issue of national security with a Chinese firm. But I think we should end this conversation uh, by talking about what's going to happen next. Um, I've been surprised how long it's taken TikTok creators to get worried about this. You're starting to see some videos and some comments now from creators, and TikTok actually brought some of those to to Congress uh, before we recorded this. Um, But so I've been surprised at how long it's taken for there to be a backlash on the platform. And I'm wondering, actually, if politicians have the guts to ban this very popular app, particularly in the West. You know, do you want to be an American politician fighting for re-election that banned a really popular app in your state? Do, I don't know how, I mean, I guess it would be the same here in the UK, but I think if a domino is going to fall fast, it will be the US. I think I think they're leading the way in, in this. And, it, you know, it's interesting. Um, and I, I, I don't know... Um, the extent to which I buy this, but but Theo Bitt from the the UK and European um, government's relation person on on the day that uh, the UK government announced its governmental device ban said that he thought that um, what was happening was the US was kind of doing stuff, other countries were kind of following up in a way that they could show support for the US while also kind of minimally invading on users because the number of people who use it on government devices is a a fraction of a fraction of a percent of the overall user base in any country so uh yes or no uh is tiktok going to be banned in the us Uh, yeah yeah I think it is. I think I think they're going. I, I think I agree with you in terms of um, there is going to be this huge kind of uh, millstone around whoever's neck it is when it comes to re-election. But I also think that we're in such a weirdly politically polarized world that that will be energizing for for some of them, and actually they'll see it as kind of a, a point of pride. And Mr. Stoker Walker, yes or no, is it going to be banned in the UK for general users? Uh, I don't think so. I think, I think, I don't, because the reason, so the reason why is I think the way this is going to play out is exactly what we saw in 2020, because it's, remember, it's worth pointing this out. This is not the first time this has happened. No. Um, the, the process is slightly different. There is slightly more due process, although after the hearing on on Thursday, who, who knows if we can actually say that anymore, but um the you know tiktok was banned by donald trump essentially in or was an attempt to ban Mm -hmm. tiktok in uh 2020 
uh, which TikTok immediately contested in the court, and it, it kind of ran through the court uh, to such an extent that um, Donald Trump ended up not being in power by the time that uh, a decision had to be made. So it kind of just got dropped by the Biden administration. Um, and so I think that's kind of similar to what's going to happen here. I think the US possibly will do it. If you'd asked me before the hearing, I would have said maybe a 60% chance that they were doing it within the first 10 minutes of the hearing that went immediately to 100% because I don't see how you can be quite so like... But I'm, I'm going to push you on the UK. Yeah, because no, because because what will happen is the US will ban it, TikTok will appeal, uh, and the UK I think will get cold feet and go, oh, yeah, you know what, actually the US will lose on that court case, so we're not going to bother. Well, in which case, please follow me there at Shah A. Henry. I've been starting to put a couple of things on there. It's quite fun, so come check it out there. Uh, Chris, really appreciate you taking the time in such a busy couple of weeks to come and explain everything that's going on. Where can people keep up with all your fantastic work? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Stokel, but that's another app that might disappear at some point soon, isn't it? So, no, phew. we're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're not <laughs> Elon Musking this show. I'm at Charlotte A. <laughs> I'm warning you. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter. Obviously, if you're listening to this within the Substack uh, newsletter or app, uh, you know where to find me there. But if you and but you can also listen uh, wherever you normally get your podcasts, as the saying goes. Thank you once again, Chris, and I'll see you all next week. 